Here's our daily Bible reading for this Wednesday as we are in chapter 46 of Genesis. We get to see the whole picture of God in the life of, of Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. And God fulfilling his promise that he made to Abraham. If you remember a long time ago, we were reading in Genesis how God took Abraham um, from, from his homeland and brought him to the promised land and said, I will give you this land. And through your descendants are, is going to be a blessing that's going to be good for all the nations. It's going to be a great blessing, an everlasting blessing, an everlasting covenant. And of course, we know that the line of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes from this line. So here's God bringing him through many adversities, many um, struggles, uh, um, a, lot of, a lot of sin, a lot of repentance, a lot of grace of God that's kept this whole thing going. And, and now God is going to do the same in Jacob's life as well. So it's interesting. He comes to Jacob or Israel, you know, same person. Uh, Jacob means heel grabber. That's the birth name to him. Israel is the name given to Jacob after he wrestles with God because that's what Israel means. He's the one who wrestles with Elohim, with God, thus the name Israel. Now in chapter 46, verse 1, it says that, uh, that Israel took his journeys with all he had and he came to Beersheba. Now if you go back to Genesis 26, verse 23, you'll find that Beersheba is a place where God met with Abraham and renewed the covenant, reminded Abraham of what he was going to do to him, descendants as numerous as the sands of the sea. Then in chapter Genesis 46, verse 1, he makes uh, he makes that same, uh, or I apologize, not not there, but but also he makes that same promise to to Isaac earlier uh, in, uh, in Genesis. Sorry, I don't have that reference to that. And now he's coming to uh, uh, to Jacob, and now he's going to make that same promise to him too. So uh, a great place. Uh, Beersheba literally means well of seven or well of oath, seven being that number of completion. Uh, so reminding us that the oaths of God are, are complete, they're true. God keeps all his promises to us. So there's that name, uh, Beersheba. And when he comes to Jacob, it says he comes to Jacob, to Israel, in a vision, not uncommon for God to do that. He was in visions to Abraham and Isaac. He came in a vision to Joseph. He comes in visions to, uh, uh, you know, to others uh, throughout Scripture. So um, just simply saying that God reveals it in a, in a unique kind of way. If I'm going to get a message to you, I'm going I'm to call you on the phone. I'm going to give you an email. I'm going to write you a text, something like that. God comes in his unique kinds of ways. Um, and God is speaking really in Scripture, uh, all of it, the Holy Spirit speaking to us through Scripture in a way kind of like in visions, in ways that only God can do it. Uh, this is a regular book, uh, but, but it's not a regular book because it's God's book to us. So God does something unique through the words here, uh, as God's always doing through words. Uh, in, in, in the Bible, and we're in the Bible studying it. So it comes to, to, to Israel, to Jacob. He repeats the name. He'd done that with Samuel when he comes to him. Um, uh, uh, Jesus came and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you. So the repetition of the name even comes to Abraham in that same way, um, and Isaac too. So here's Jacob, Jacob, and, and Jacob said, Here am I. Uh, and then God reiterates who he is. He is the I am God, verse 3, not just a God who was, not just a God who will be, but the God who's always present with us. So he's all of that, uh, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the God who is and was and is to come. And he reminds him of the God of your father. So he reminds him of Abraham and Isaac promises he made to him. He reiterates the promise where he said, 
Um, don't be afraid to go to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. That's always been the promise from Abraham on. Uh, that great nation, of course, uh, great in even a greater sense, and that through that nation, through that line of Abraham, God was going to bring someone who would truly make us great, and that's his son, uh, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. Um, he, God promises, verse 4, and this is kind of interesting, I was reading in the commentaries, he says, I myself will go down with you to Egypt. Now, um, at that time especially, um, they always thought gods were just located to a certain area, and they couldn't go beyond that area. That's God with a small g. Um, God constantly reminds his people, I'm not bound to an area. I'm the God of all creation. I'm God who made everything. And so, Jacob, even though you lived in a land, you live in a land where people think gods are only located in one place, um, I'm with you always, and I'm going to travel with you. I'm going to go with you. If you remember back when God first sets up the uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which would be a little later on in Exodus, um, God says, make sure you put poles on that and rings on that with poles on that because I'm going to move with you. I'm not bound to one place. Even where we're at right now, the building I'm at right now is called the church building. It's not the church. We're the church. Uh, God certainly has promised to meet us in this place in word and sacrament, but we know he certainly is with us always. He needs He's not bound to a building. He is everywhere. Uh, Jesus made that promise also before he left this earth. Um, so God says, and I will also bring you up again, uh, and, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. In other, and that really literally does happen. We'll read about that um, as, we, as we come up in the chapters ahead when, J when Jacob dies, and, and Joseph literally is there when he dies. So uh, so Jacob set out, uh, set out from Beersheba, verse 5 says, um, how does he get there? Again, God providing the way for Jacob. It's the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to him. It's uh, many of the livestock and goods that he'd been he'd been blessed with uh, here in Canaan. And remember Jacob's history with uh, with Rachel and Leah and Laban, their father, and the, the tension between the sheep and all that. Yet God is working that all for the, for Jacob's good. And I'm sure Jacob, in the midst of his struggles and his trials and his hurt and his pains, and he thinks he's lost Joseph, he thinks he's lost Benjamin, thinking that God has forgotten about him. And God says, oh, no, I never forget about you, which is great news for us, too. Then, because it's about people and it's about history, it's about real history, he lists again the names of all the children that are born to Jacob. Now, he doesn't list them in birth order, but he lists them according to who the moms were. So the first group of lists from verse 8 through uh uh, through uh, verse 18 um, are all the, um, or through, through, I'm sorry, through verse 15 are all the, the uh, sons who were born to him through his wife Leah, um, first wife that he had. Um, then in 16 through 18, it's through the children Gad and Asher who were born to Zilpah, who was a servant girl of, of Leah. And then verse 19, uh, the sons of Rachel. Notice it refers to Rachel as Jacob's wife because Jacob obviously favored her. He fell in love with her. He wanted her. He is willing to work an extra seven years for her. Two sons to her, Joseph and Benjamin. And um, and then in uh, verse 23 and 225, uh, the two sons, Dan and Naphtali, who were born to Rachel's concubine or servant girl, and there you've got your 12 tribes of Israel. If you follow that closely, the 12 sons uh, of Jacob. And it says, and all the, in verse 26, and all the persons belonging to Jacob uh, were brought safely to Egypt. In other words, God kept his promise to him. And Jacob and Joseph are reunited again, father and son reunited again. Of course, it's the same kind of reuniting as when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and can finally tell them who he is and, and all that. There's the, the you know, 
uh, he, he uh, fell on his neck and he wept at his neck. Uh, that hug, that embrace, you can imagine what that would have been like. And then um, uh, to the end of the chapter, Pharaoh now is even uh, favorably disposed to them because of the favor that God had blessed Joseph with, to be able to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Now he's able to do that. And then kind of an interesting note at the end, they, they settle in a different part of um, of Alexandria, and that is the land of Goshen, because they're shepherds. And for one reason or another, uh, the Egyptians in their kind of their caste system, the shepherds were at the bottom of the rung in their caste system. And isn't it awesome that God chose to use people who were the bottom of the rung? Abraham's a shepherd, uh, David's a shepherd, Joseph is a shepherd, um, and it's the shepherds who first hear about the birth of Jesus Christ and the first one to come to visit Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Isn't that just like God? Thanks be to God for that. So God bless you as you continue to read.